back, and today I get to talk to TJ Chorba. He was my roommate from the 2019 to 2020 school year, and really appreciate having you here, TJ. Yeah, really glad to be here. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a great time. Um, got a lot of stuff to cover today. I think the first thing, i kind of been asking everyone this, is why you chose your major, which is mechanical engineering. Well, um, so I guess I should start out with my older sister and my dad are both mechanical engineers. So I kind of had a little bit of influence there from them. But also, I think for me, I knew I was pretty good at math and science and like just logical you know, thinking, I guess, but, uh, it kind of just made sense to go into like a general major of like mechanical engineering. Cause you know, you are mechanical too. So I'm sure you can attest to this, but, uh, it kind of just gave me the baseline for, you know, whatever I really wanted to do mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, whether I wanted to go into like specific fields in mechanical or something related to it or something that isn't even really mechanical, but for some reason everybody thinks you can do it, Yeah, you know, because like, like we'll get into it later, but you know, like I don't, I'm not even doing mechanical engineering, uh, like down the line. So it just kind of gave me that freedom. And like I said, I was very heavily influenced by my sister and dad. So they both do mechanical. Yeah, so my dad was um, mechanical. He graduated from a small college in Indiana called Rose Holman in 1982. Mm-hmm. And my sister graduated from UT in 2015 mm-hmm. as a mechanical engineer. Yeah. Are they doing mechanical-related work right now? So my dad actually retired. He worked in the oil industry for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he retired. Uh, towards the end of his career, he kind of... I guess like pivoted out of mechanical engineering and was more of like in a business role, mm-hmm. but you know, that was, he'd been with the company for a long time. So yeah. it kind of made sense. And then my sister actually went back to grad school for user, um, interface, mm-hmm. um, like UX and she works for a startup in Austin now. So she doesn't really do mechanical either. Yeah. So they both kind of transitioned out mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, I'm kind of going through that same thing right now with, like, I probably don't want to do anything mechanical, um, like, super mechanical focused. I think it's just a good foot in the door, you know. A lot of companies like mechanical engineers because their versatility are not too specialized, so that's really nice um, to have. I was also going to ask you, too, I guess, did you ever go through a period where you were considering dropping out of mechanical? Because I definitely have. I wanted to see where you were at. Yeah, so I've definitely, it's definitely run across my mind before. Uh, I think especially uh, the beginning of junior year slash, um, like, middle of second semester junior year, I was like, you know, I could just switch to industrial and most of my credits would carry over and I would just have a much easier time. And in all honesty, the job I'm about to go into is more related to industrial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I didn't. And it was kind of just because, like, you know, like I said, the situation I'm in now is like, it still got me to the same place. And I think it just makes me more like proud of myself that I got a mechanical engineering degree, not, not taking away from industrial, but... Mm-hmm you know, that I did go through that hardship of getting all the way through mechanical engineering and getting a degree with like that title on it. So yes, I have thought about it. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I definitely did a lot better than a lot of my classmates, like not to hype myself up, but like, um, it was never as big of a struggle for me as a lot of other people. Um, but I did have doubts. I think everybody does no matter how well you do is the point here. I guess what kept you in then? Like did somebody encourage you or parents or, um, I think my dad definitely gave me a lot of encouragement. Um, but also I think it was just something that I never wanted to like quit at something like that. Like especially junior year when I got so far mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, like senior year is like, you know, where it supposedly gets easier. I didn't know yeah. at the time. I will say that it's true. Senior year definitely got a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, you know, I, I think it was just, I didn't want to give up on something so easily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted that degree that said, you know, mechanical engineering yeah. because I don't know. It's just like something that I guess I could hang my hat on. It's like, you know what? I started this journey and I'm going to finish it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you saw me last year, like struggle through it a lot. Um, I had been thinking about dropping out a lot of times, like switching majors. And for me, it was mostly like the people that I was around with that it was like a group mentality thing. So as long as I wasn't going through it alone, I was going to be fine. Um, But I guess we're both closer, especially you, closer to the end than the beginning, which is a very nice place to be. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely had that too. Like my, most of my senior design group was like in free, Mm -hmm. like with me freshman year. And Mm -hmm. so we got to kind of go through the entirety of mechanical engineering together. And we, none of us ever dropped or anything like that. Yeah. And so we all kind of struggled through it together, no matter like, some of us did really bad in certain classes and other others like did really well and it kind of just like, you know, slingshotted back and forth. Yeah. So I definitely feel that that mm-hmm. definitely the people around me got me through it too. Mm-hmm. Did you um well I, you you mentioned your senior design group. I was wondering what you guys did for your project since it was posted like basically everywhere. Yeah, so we actually got really lucky. Um we got to pick our project and we got to like work with a family, which most senior design projects um, work with like companies or like professors on like things that are like more technical based. Mm-hmm. Ours was more like creativity and uh, kind of real world application. So we made a seizure alert system that could be activated by a dog. And not to get into it too much, but basically we had a family that their 13 year old kid named MJ was prone to seizures and he had a service dog that was about a year old still going through training and they wanted a system that could be activated by the dog to alert the family whenever he was having a seizure so it would basically just attach to his vest and um like send a signal to the parents or the authorities or whoever uh wanted they wanted to have the signal that he was having a seizure so that they could accurately locate him and like know that something was going on. The reason why they wanted the dog to activate it is because they knew they could 100% rely on the dog if it was trained properly. Right. Because the dog could always sense whenever um, MJ was having a seizure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he had a watch that could like detect seizures, but sometimes it didn't work as well. Mm-hmm. So they just wanted something like foolproof. And so that that's the gist of our senior design project. We had a really good time on it and like you know the family was super helpful and we loved you know doing it in in contrast to a bunch of our other friends who Mm -hmm. had you know more corporate or (laughs) research-based senior designs ours was really cool to kind of be creative about it and um 
Yeah, we we had like Victor alluded to. We had a like article published about us that was posted to like the A and M like Facebook page and like kind of everywhere on A and M engineering. Uh, so that was really cool that we had an article written about us. I didn't think our, you know, our senior design work would ever be written in an article. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was super cool. Did you ever, ever get to see like your final product be used by the family? So that's where you know it's kind of difficult because our senior design project went um, August 2019 to May 2020, and on, as we all know, you know, COVID uh, kind of came in around March. And so we never got to truly finish it. We had a working prototype and we sent that to the family, but um, they've kind of been on their own thing since COVID and we haven't really gotten good contact with them. So we haven't got to see it in action, but we had a working prototype. And then the other thing here is that it relies on the dog. So the dog was still being trained to do the motion. So it it was kind of like a chew toy on the on his like service dog vest on the side like over his shoulder that he had to like pull so they had to train him to do that action um however like you know i'm sure it wasn't that difficult of an action to teach but they still had to teach him that Mm -hmm. and we just haven't had very like much contact just because they've been kind of dealing with their own things Mm -hmm. you know bigger and better than you know what our senior design project (laughs) entailed so um yeah we haven't got to see it like in action per se, but we're pretty confident that it would work. Like mm-hmm. if they, you know, put in the correct amount of time yeah. to it. That's really cool. I feel like there's not a lot of things you do in college where you're actually doing meaningful work in school. Yeah. Like kind of a lot of it is just you regurgitate information in a different way. But like this, you're creating a product that's actually helping someone. Yeah, and I think that's what it, a lot of us wanted to do with our senior design project. Mm-hmm. Um, we, hence why, you know, it was our number one pick for our senior design project in contrast to all the other ones. Yeah. I was also going to ask you, and this this kind of sounds like a job interview question, but what is something that you learned through that project? Like either a technical skill or like a soft skill? Um, I don't think we, I think we had a little bit of technical learning to do, um, with like coding with like a microcontroller and uh, a few things like that. But I think what I really learned is, I guess the soft skill, um, more of like on the business end, um, if you consider the family to be the customer, Mm kind of just, you really have to take into account everything they want. Mm -hmm. And while you could think like, well, like this would work better, like this would like, you know, make more sense or like be easier to build. Uh, you really have to take into account what they want because ultimately that's who you're serving um, through our senior design project. So I think it was more of just a mentality yeah. aspect that we learned how to, I guess, ser- like serve the best we could and deliver the best product we could in their estimation. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's really interesting in those since I'm taking senior design, I guess, in a year. Um, but I have a lot of friends going through it now, obviously doing different things. So it's always interesting hearing different people's experiences with their project groups or just even what projects they get. That sounds really cool, though. Um, what is something that mechanical engineering taught you? Oh, man, it taught me endurance for sure. Mm-hmm. Just, you know... Life's tough sometimes, whether it be through school or like just the grind of it, but you're always going to get through it. And 
there's always going to be people there to help you. And it's also very cool to learn something <laughs> like maybe it's something that you wouldn't be able to understand at first. And then you finally get it or solving a problem, whatever it may be in that category. Um, I think it just really taught me endurance and especially getting through a four year degree like that. <laughs> Uh, and now I'm, I'm kind of at the very tail end of it, you know, in my last semester and, um, it just, it, you know, it, like I said, I'm glad I didn't drop out. I'm glad that I made it through and, you know, learned a lot out of it, um, through either my friends or the classes or experiences I had. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the main thing, like I said, was endurance mm -hmm. and just getting through it and persevering through something. Yeah. Do you have a favorite class or a favorite professor? Oh man, uh, I let's see. I really liked Dale Cope. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he we we had probably one of our hardest undergrad classes with him. Mean three sixty eight. Uh, I know they changed it ever since. Yeah, I think your year they changed it. They changed it my year, and they changed it again for the yeah. next year. So it there used to be like the second semester junior year we used to have like the holy trinity of heat transfer mean three sixty eight and mean three sixty four, and those were like the three toughest undergrad classes for mechanical and you took them all at the same time if you were on track, and so that was like a tough semester. But in mean three sixty eight especially, it just seemed like it was such a grind, so much homework. We had projects like every two weeks and like. You know, all of that being said, probably being the hardest undergrad class I've taken, uh, my professor, Dale Cope, uh, he always at least snuck a joke in there, like every lecture. And he like, you could tell he really wanted to be there and teach the material, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even if I asked him like the dumbest question, he would try and like explain it to me fully. And, you know, he, he was very fair to all his students and, um, you know, he just had a great attitude about the whole class. And, like, if you really engaged with him, like, he was a good professor. I know a lot of people think he grades hard or, like, his tests are hard. But uh, if you really engage with him, he was a great professor. Um, that being said, I definitely wasn't my favorite class. Uh, I would probably say my favorite class was um, towards the end, Mean 475, mm -hmm. which is advanced materials. <laughs> And I think you're in that right now, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it was just kind of cool to see, like, why certain materials work and, like, you know, like, all the properties they have. And, like, it was, like, the – I guess it was, like, my second semester senior year. So it was really late on. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed, like, just kind of seeing the background of materials because I really enjoyed material science, which was all the way back sophomore year. Yeah. And this was just, like, the second or third mm -hmm. class after that. And I just really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. So I think that was that was definitely my favorite class for yeah. sure. I think it's awesome you have like a really like positive experience with a professor because in mechanical at least you always have a bunch of professors who are Oh, there. I could definitely go through a bunch of professors <laughs> I did not like. Yeah, a bunch of professors that are there just to teach and like that's it and they don't really care much about else like anything else. Um I've never had Dale Coe, but I've heard a lot of good stuff about how he actually, like, tries to invest in the students. I think I had him for, like, two weeks before they changed 368 on us, like, early in the semester. Yeah. Um, but he was great. He was, he was an amazing professor. Um, if you weren't doing mechanical engineering, what would you do? Oh, man. I See, I think if 
I probably still would have done like freshman engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally when I came to college, it was aero for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mind kind of changed a little bit just because like aero seemed way too specific. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just really liked the idea of mechanical still. Um, but whenever it came to ETAM, where you like apply to your major, mm-hmm. um, I actually was so close to putting civil one. Really? Um, I ultimately put mechanical one as we know, but, um, uh, I was really close to putting civil one. And then, like I told you, like if I was going to transfer out, it was going to be industrial. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely could have gone a few different ways for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I probably would have been in that. I mean, I feel like civil, aero, mechanical are all pretty similar. Industrial, I think it was just because I wanted an easier time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, nothing against industrial majors. I'm going into an industrial job. Like, <laughs> uh, But I think at the time, I was just so fed up with like all the work mechanical had. Yeah. Um, but I think it really could have gone a bunch of different ways. I think ID wouldn't have been out of the question either um, if I would have gone back and like reevaluated. Uh, because I like I am kind of doing like an ID job too, so mm-hmm. um, it definitely could have gone a bunch of ways. I, there's no way I could have done like biomedical, chemical, yeah. no. um, nuclear, anything like that. Computer like, science, yeah, no, like, <laughs> no, no computer science, no, no computer anything, just <laughs> electrical, no. Um, so yeah, I think it would have been in that realm uh, mm-hmm. still. It would have been similar to mechanical, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we. Uh, I think I'm good that I ended up in mechanical. That's great. Shifting away from uh, just school, I was wanting to know what it's like being a fifth year, knowing your time is up, you know, especially like you're only here for a semester. It's super temporary. Um, How's that been for you? I mean, you know, I had my internship um, remote over summer, so I was also in College Station over summer. Mm -hmm. You know, as you know, I lived with you over summer most of it. Yeah. And uh, I think what I realized, especially with COVID, is just to really cherish the time you have left here where all your friends are pretty close to you. Um, and you know, I was talking to our other roommate, Brandon, um, probably like in October and he literally just had texted me at like eight 30 on like a Tuesday night and was like, Hey, like you want to come over? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll be there in five minutes. And I was kind of talking to him about how that's just not going to be possible <laughs> whenever you're out in the real world. Right. And you know, all like literally all your friends live within 10 or 15 minutes of you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think just like cherishing that, um, really like, you know, being intentional with all the relationships I already have Mm -hmm. and, you know, just making the most of it. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few people that have like, I've met like my senior year, um, that, you know, I really want to like solidify our relationships. And then there's other people I kind of catch up with from years prior that, uh, you know, I just really want to, like, see them the most. And, um, you know, school really hasn't been that big of a bother for me, um, being only in seven hours and kind of, you know, realizing my time is winding down. Uh, it, it doesn't really make it more urgent, but it just makes it more special, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, and, you know, like, I, I think I've talked to you a little bit about this, but, like, um, I think like 90% sure I'm going to stay in college station next semester Yeah. because my full-time job doesn't start till July. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think there's really a point in going home and kind of just hanging out Mm -hmm. when I could be here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I won't be in school next semester. Obviously I'll probably have a job that I'll work most of the time, but 
um, that gives me a little bit of comfort too that yeah. like I'm not totally done. Yeah. However, like I won't be a student, so that <laughs> will that will change some things for yeah. sure. Um, but you know, being being a super senior too, just and like I, you'll get here eventually, <laughs> but. Yeah. It's not that I feel really old, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel past my, like, past my college self. Yeah. But at the same time, nobody ever really brings it up to me other than, like, it being a joke. Mm-hmm. The, like, they'll make the joke, like, oh, you're old. Like, we get it. And But other than that, like, really, it doesn't change my experience at all. Like, even hanging out with, like, a bunch of juniors mm-hmm. or, like, even, like, some sophomores. Like, it really doesn't change my experience like all that much like yeah. there's still just people and I still like you know want to get to know them and want to like have a good time with them even though they have a lot more college ahead of me or ahead yeah. of them than I do yeah. so um that's definitely what a fifth year has felt like um but it's you know it's definitely been one of the best semesters I've had too and maybe that's because I have less school or maybe it's just because I've like you know really culminated a lot of good friendships and like hang out with them a lot uh, probably a little bit of both, but you know, that fifth year, best year so far. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely something I am worried about. Um, I feel like, I feel like hanging out with like people in college, it's so different, especially like sophomore, junior, senior. I think if you're hanging out with freshmen, they're so new to college. Yeah. Very different parts of life or walks of life. Yeah. Um, but like once you get to sophomore juniors and then like senior level, everyone's kind of at that same point where like, they're probably not as crazy as they were freshman year. Like they've toned it down. They've learned, like, you don't always have to go out to have fun. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's definitely something that I've thought a lot about because obviously I know like you have friends here that are still like in school. I'm going to still have friends here when I'm in school, like in my grade when I'm in my fifth year. Yeah. Uh, but it just kind of worries me that, especially that next semester that I'm here is going to be very different. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so different. And I know it will be different, but uh, how have you been able to like maintain friendships with like people in your grade who have gone on to like go work? So I, I guess it just kind of comes down to like how, how willing you are to like meet them halfway, like whether it be like. You know, you, like, just text them every once in a while or, you know, you keep up with them, like, in other ways. Like, I know I'll, like, occasionally have a conversation with a bunch of people that have graduated. Like, I'll, like, post, like, a like a Snapchat story and then they'll, like, either swipe up on it or, like, something like that. And we'll just, like, talk for a while mm-hmm. and just kind of be like, ah, like, how's your job going? Like, uh, like I think, like, Alex made – well, Alex Matrix is still here unfortunately yeah. no i'm kidding I, lo- I love you alex but alex is in his f- five and a half year right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and he he and i like had a pretty good conversation the other day um and you know like mark petrie same thing and uh i know lee like comes into town mm-hmm. every so often with david uh and so like i'll talk to lee and like it's just like you know whenever I, you do have that opportunity you just gotta like at least make the most of it um and then that being said, you can also make your own opportunities. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I text Garrett Brewer like probably multiple times a week mm-hmm. just to keep up with him. And like, he'll just FaceTime me out of the blue and like, I'm going to New Orleans next weekend yeah. to go see him. So like, you know, it, it really just kind of, it's all on you, but it's also like, you gotta not choose your battles, but you know, choose the relationships you 
want to keep up with and put the energy into. Yeah. Um, so like the, what that looks like is kind of like whatever you make it out to be, it's different for every person. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's definitely something that was different. Um, because like I said, they're, they don't live 10 minutes away. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely going to be more, uh, like just like phone and like FaceTime or Snapchat, like whatever it may be. Um, but that, I think that's really cool about like our generation for sure is that we're just like really good at it already. Mm -hmm. Like communicating with people, even when they did live 10 minutes away. Yeah. So I think it's going to make it a lot easier. Like whenever we're all gone from college station yeah. that like we still like keep in touch with one another. And then, you know, like eventually things like weddings and you know, oh like <laughs> whether, you know, like they end up working at your company or like they move to a different city that yeah. like, you know, someone else in and you can like you know, network with them there, like whatever, whatever it may be, um, all those things will come. And, uh, it's just exciting that like, I'm starting to see it while also still being in college. So yeah. I have the comfort of college around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about that. Um, I feel like it's a lot, like you're kind of easing your way out of college. You're not just yeah. like some people who graduated last May and they're already full time. Um, so I feel like, you know, what you like how you're communicating and keeping up with people right now is going to look different than how you're going to communicate with people once you are also in your full-time job yeah i i think that's a that's a very true statement i mean ideally so my job's in houston so um ideally i would live with some people that i already know so that like you know i could potentially be more accountable and keeping up with people that yeah. we either we both know or like you know, whether it be their friends or like they like ask me about my friends or like whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, it'll definitely look different mm -hmm. than me being in college and like kind of sitting here and being like, oh, I wonder what, you know, Garrett's up to today mm -hmm. or uh, like Lee or like, you know, like something like that. Um, it'll definitely be different. And, you know, obviously you have a lot more responsibility when you live on your own and have your own full time job. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also a lot less responsibility in a way. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, college, it's kind of like whatever you make it out to be. Mm -hmm. Like, you kind of make your own schedule. You make, you know, all your responsibilities. Um, and, you know, it's it's very much on you. But in a different way, when you're out in the real world, it's, it's kind of laid out for you. Like, you yeah. have your job. Um, you have your, like, relationships. You have, like, your life, I guess. Like, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be... Um, you know, like payments or like, um, just like getting stuff done around the house or like mm -hmm. your car, like whatever. Yeah. Um, it's kind of all laid out for you. And then, you know, whatever free time you do have that, that's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like in real world, you got 40 hours planned out for you right there. Yeah. But then like in college, you'll have like 15 hours of your week planned out and are you going to spend the rest of the time studying? Are you going to spend the rest of the time doing homework, hanging out with people? Yeah. Like you have so much time to decide. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about, um, just like you've been involved with a lot of organizations on campus and I wanted to ask you which organization you felt like was the most impactful. Oh man. Um, I don't think, I don't think the answer to this question is which organization has been the most impactful, but, um, cause you know, organizations are organizations. Like, yeah, they have a purpose and they have mm -hmm. like you know, a goal and like you, you could be passionate about that goal, but I think it's more of 
the impact comes from the people that are in it. Yeah. Whether they have the same passion as you or if they you just like, you know, learn a lot from them or whatever it may be. I I think I think more so than organizations, I could just point to people mm-hmm. in those organizations that I've met. Um, because I of all the things I've been in, um, you know, I've I've gained something, you know, both from like the the passion that I had for the organization out of it, mm-hmm. but also just something completely different from the people that I met in it. Right. Um, so I mean, I think the obvious thing that a lot of people would say is I, I've definitely learned the most from Fish Camp, um, just because I did it for four years, and they'd be right. Um, but I think what kept me going throughout Fish Camp was the people. Mm-hmm. Whether it be you know my first set of chairs, shout out to Drew and Laura, and um, or whether it be like my first like freshman or like um, you know the older counselors, and then you know eventually all the way like until I was a chair, like all my like first and second years, and then like you know my partner especially, like I I just learned so much from all of them, mm-hmm. and it just yeah I like I think just the the type of people in fish camp is just the people that I could learn the most out of. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, like there's there's been other like people I've learned from like I I was on the big event committee my junior year and uh one of the other committee members or well a few other ones but there was like one in particular that I like still kind of keep up with that like I definitely like looked up to her and like she was like fantastic and she taught me a lot she was a year older than me Mm -hmm. and um I believe she's in nursing school or I, I forgot um but she's up in Abilene I think mm-hmm. um so she's been graduated but um you know like I obviously I love the big event um but there wasn't just like a ton of people that like impacted me but she was one of them mm-hmm. that like did and uh so I don't think it was really the organization necessarily like I right. I mean like I think even before I was on committee I had the same amount of like passion and like learned the same amount from the big event that I did now uh, but I don't think it was the organization specifically that did that for me. I think it was the people. Yeah. And so the long answer to this question is that I think it's just the people that I've met mm-hmm. um, rather than the organizations I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like obviously I have those passions for the organizations and hence why I did them for so long. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was definitely the people that have like shaped me and like helped me be who I am. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I think especially with, like, fish camp, that was, like, like TJ and I both didn't go to fish camp, like, as freshmen. (laughs) Um, But, like, for me, it was my first time meeting people outside of my major. I remember meeting people who were, like, either in business or, like, other things. And I was just, like, I have been in such an engineering bubble all, like, my first semester of college. This is so weird. Like, I feel like I have to learn a new language to talk to these people. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's really true. The organization kind of just serves as, like, an umbrella that brings you guys all together in one place. Yeah. And then it's, like, the people you meet in there that kind of impact you the most. Yeah. Um, I think we should probably say why we were in such an engineering bubble, too. Because <laughs> we, were, we were both in a freshman leadership organization. And, yeah, we're both mechanical engineers. Um, but I like to think that me and Victor are both pretty social. So it's not <laughs> like we just hung out with engineers, but... We were in a freshman leadership organization that was entirely made up of engineers. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of why we were surrounded by it all the time. It's um, not a bad thing. 
It was not a bad thing. Definitely it was not. just, it was definitely a bubble yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. But really enjoyed that. Um, I guess focusing on like your year with chair, um, obviously this was not like how you wanted it to be. It's not how I wanted it to be either. I don't think it's how anyone wanted it to um, be. But I guess what, what challenges did you run into? Cause I know every camp kind of, it was like the same overarching problems that everyone goes through, but I guess specific to you guys with something that you didn't think you're going to have trouble with that you did. Um, so I was, I was talking to one of my older friends who was a chair two years ago now, I guess. And if I'm being honest, like, yeah, it was tough. Like, like you said, the challenges everybody had of, you know, whether it be telling your counselors, like, Hey, we're not going to Lakeview this year. Hey, it's going to be online. Like, yeah, that was really tough. Like, um, or just, you know, facing the reality that, uh, it just, things were going to be a lot different and you couldn't. You couldn't hang out in person just normally. Yeah. Um, or, like, you know, partner rev had to be, like, so, like, different from the past. Uh, all, all of that, obviously, was really tough for everybody. But um, outside of that, I was talking to um, – his name's Mark. Uh, I was talking to Mark, and I was like, you know, if, like, we didn't have, like, the challenges of COVID this year, it would have seemed way too easy for Abby and I. Because we really didn't run into any problems with, like, our counselors or, like, our namesake or, like, you know, we didn't really have any, like, major, like, compatibility issues among our counselors. Like, it kind of, like, it just hit the ground running, like, on Rev Night, one of the few times we were, like, you know, all together um, for the first part of camp. Um, But we really didn't like run into any problems. Like I, like me and Abby are like still like best friends. Like, um, and you know our counselors just like they all like still hang out with each other. And like you know I really like can't complain about like anything. Um, Which is why I said like you know the only issue, the only real issues that I think Abby and I faced were uh, COVID issues. And like you said, everybody went through that. Mm -hmm. Um, So. I really have, like, zero things to complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good, though. I mean, you guys obviously have been around your camp a good amount. Yeah. I think they're awesome people. Um, yeah. I think, honestly, the same for us. Like, Mikhail and I obviously got along really well. And our counselors, like, I feel like it would have been easier for some people because they're just more of an in-person type yeah. of person. Yeah, we definitely had a few of those. But, but at the same time, like, we are able to, like, bond over zoom and do virtual bonding stuff yeah you know brought us all closer anyways it just looked different we couldn't do a lot of the same things we couldn't really road trip in the summer yeah and just go different places yeah but um, i think it was still a really awesome experience and like i've been asked during my uh, like some interviews i've had about like fish camp and they're like oh what did you do like you led this group and it's like so much fun because like as much as it sucked to like try to build those relationships. Like, I think it helped us as a person overall. Yeah. Because, like, we were the one facilitating all that. Yeah. Like, obviously, the counselors, like, would have to reach out to each other on their own. And, you know, it's all on them. But, like, if it, like, it starts up top. And if the leadership up top doesn't really create that welcoming environment, no one's going to feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. And I think that was definitely something that, like, Abby and I really, like, stressed Mm -hmm. to, like, both each other, but then also like our older counselors, mm-hmm. um, that it, it kind of does start from the top. And, uh, that's why I was so like, 
grateful that like I ended up with Abby. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I remember like I read my like prep form for her, and I was like, yeah, I could like really see us being like super good friends. Mm-hmm. And then I like started to talk about other things that you know we're like actually talking about camp. But, yeah. Um, I guess I didn't really realize that I was so accurate in that statement. <laughs> and, you know, I, every, all our counselors tell us that too. They're like, wow, y'all are like such good friends. And like, cause I, like you and I both know there's definitely chair partnerships out there that like don't like each other. Yeah. And you know, it happens and like, there's, you know, you find a way to work through it, but it's just nice whenever you can say like, oh yeah, I know like my partner's my best friend. Mm-hmm. Or like you're still like keeping in contact with them right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't have to talk about fish camp stuff all the time. Yeah. Like it's really nice. Yeah, we had a couple of those comments too where it's like 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 our previous chairs like did not get along, but it's like nice to see what you guys are kind of like modeling for the rest of us. Yeah. Like you and Abby too, like you guys are like you guys hang out all the time. It's it's so fun to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it definitely to sum up, like, we didn't really have a ton of problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Okay, so you mentioned this a bit, like, earlier when you were talking about different people and different organizations. I wanted to ask you, who are three people you've met in college who have had a really, like, really big impact on you? but you haven't told them. Oh, man. Um, really big impact. Um, I feel like... I feel like sometimes I don't recognize people's impact mm-hmm. until I, like, really think about it later. Um, however, um, I think one person definitely is Kyle Brim. And so I met Kyle Brim uh, the summer after my sophomore year. It was... Him and then uh, my old other old roommate Parker and a few other guys that worked on campus in this one uh, Res Life department, and we kind of we kind of just did like miscellaneous tasks all around campus. Our main job or our main job was like uh, like inspecting core dorms to like make sure like stuff wasn't broken and stuff <laughs> after everyone from the core moved out. Yeah, but we did a lot of miscellaneous jobs and we had a good time doing it. And that's where I first met Kyle Broom. And we had a lot in common, like he was, he was biomedical engineering and he also did fish camp for two years and we like had a lot of the same friends or like knew a lot of the same people, but I had just never like met him formally. And, um, you know, I, it just kind of clicked like he, he's much more of a serious guy, but he's also like, we have a lot of the same interests in a weird way. And, uh, you know, he, he just always was, like, a good friend to me after that. Um, and, you know, we still, like, hang out, like, a decent amount. Like, I think the last time I saw him was Sunday. And today's Thursday? Yeah, today's Thursday. Um, we were just hanging out at the the backyard playing some doms. And, you know, ever since then, like, I, I've been through a lot of different stuff with him now. Uh, especially because we're, like, in the same organization now. And he's taught me a lot. And I, I like to think I've taught him a lot, you know. Um, he, you know, probably not, but, uh, he's just always been someone like, it's nice to have him be my age too, and kind of be someone I can relate to in a few different ways. And, you know, um, I didn't, I guess I didn't really like think about it until like right now, but 
Sometimes I like think about Kyle Brim. Actually, I saw him last night. I don't know why I said Sunday. Mm. He was at our flag football game last night. Um, you know, yeah, we got stomped eight to three, but it's all good. Um, and uh, he's just like you know, whether it be sports or like politics or academics or you know, professional job, like it's everything with him. Like I've learned so much from him, um, and you know, I. I guess I never would have really thought that of someone that I just worked a summer job with mm-hmm. uh, after my sophomore year. Um, so I definitely Kyle Brim's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably so the one the one person I was talking about uh, from the big event, uh, her name's Sabrina, Sabrina Sanchez. Uh, she was actually my committee leader when I was a staff assistant, and then she was on committee again with me, which was really cool. Uh, she was just always such like a positive influence for like in, in the context of the big event, but then also just like was a hype woman, like outside of that, uh, because like I did like fish camp and she was a chair that year. Mm -hmm. And then like, whenever I applied to chair, she was like, you know, still like talking to me about how it was going and, um, you know, just obviously like hyped me up a lot whenever I got it and has just always like been checking in on me, um, just about everything. And, um, she, she was a really good light for, I guess, an important stage of like, you know, end of sophomore year and then into junior year. Um, and like even going like beginning of senior year, I think that was like the most pivotal, that pivotal, that I cannot speak right now, pivotal time in my college career that like I learned a lot and like developed a lot. Um, so she definitely was another one that I don't think I've ever like had like that serious of a conversation with her mm-hmm. about like what she would mean to me, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's definitely another one. And then a third one. Um, I mean, it it would probably I've probably told Garrett before, so I'm I'm sorry, Garrett, but I'm not gonna go. Like you, you know, like <laughs> like it's been since freshman year. Like you know, Garrett. Um, and then uh, I'd probably say one of my other old roommates, um, his name's Thomas Guion, and he was also a mechanical engineer. He was a year above me, though. Okay. And he's just, like, he's just the ultimate friend. And, like, it's for everybody, but, like, you know, I he was driving through College Station last night because he was going up to Dallas because mm-hmm. he's going on a trip with one of our other roommates to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, I'm stopping through College Station. Like, do you want to grab dinner? And I was like, yeah, no, of course. And so we had a good conversation last night and he's just always such a good friend. He's like going to be in Houston too. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. like get to see him a lot more after college. Mm-hmm. Um, but like bottom line, just the ultimate friend. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, you know, I, I might've told him before, but I, I just want to reiterate it now, Thomas, <laughs> that like, you know, you've been, you've been such a good friend to me and um, you know, I, there's, there's no way I would have ever wanted to end up in any different house my junior year. And I uh, got to relate to you so much because I always told you, man, we were always, we were always the most similar in the house, even if you don't believe me. So. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, like even last year when we were probably the most similar too. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was so funny because like, I guess from the outside looking in, they see like TJ's like one way and Victor's the other way. But <laughs> when it really like boils down to when like there's nothing to do. Yeah. Like <laughs> Victor and TJ are... Because whenever they hear, like, stories about us, like, what we would do when we lived yeah. together, they'd be like, what? Like, y'all, like, 
Like, yeah, we got it wrong. We we blast um, any any the Shakira music. song yeah. outside of each other's rooms. I don't even know. Yeah, I think people kind of look at me as more of like the like introverted and like not as flashy, and then they see Vic, you know, <laughs> doing all these TikTok dances and just you know going wild, being loud, and they're like, yeah, these two people are not the same. <laughs> like when no one's watching. When no one's watching. That's, that's when we're most similar. <laughs> uh, something else we're very similar in, too, is chess. We are similar. I wanted to ask you about, um, just, like, did you grow up playing chess, or was that, like, a recently acquired interest? So, my dad, I think he, he like, taught me the game of chess, and I think I was always kind of intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, it, it really is, like, no other game, mm-hmm. just because of how many possible outcomes there are. And, like, even now, like, actually, like, studying mm-hmm. chess and, like, you know, the theory behind it, there's just so much more to the game than I ever thought there would be. Yeah. And so I I think I'm just kind of intrigued by stuff like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it expands to other things, like, whether it be sports or, like, yeah. you know, like other things that have a lot more layers to them i'm always just very interested to learn those layers and kind of see how like you know i not how i could perfect them but how i could learn them and like kind of see it in a different light and i think chess could apply to a lot of other different things too yeah um but yeah recently it's been like more of a like really genuine interest mm-hmm. like I mean, you, y'all can't see it obviously on the podcast but there's i have a stack of chess books right there oh yeah i need to get through them <laughs> I, I have not started reading them very much but mm-hmm. yeah i think chess was one of those places like you always hear people say like you have to think like two or three steps ahead chess is like that first time when you actually see it in action like yeah this is what happens if you don't think that far ahead or like, yeah it's it's so cool seeing like all those high like critical thinking stuff being yeah. applied in real life. And I think that just appeals to both of us too, being mm-hmm. engineers and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you just mentioned sports. I was wondering what your opinions were on Aggie football this year. Dude, so I I talk about this a lot with my current roommates. Um, so what I think is, I think we're like, you know, obviously very good. I could also see it where just just this year i think after this year it's going to be mostly gone mm-hmm. but we'll just drop one of those games just that we shouldn't drop yeah. like it and it'll it'll come at a time where we're like are you kidding me you know <laughs> uh, i really do think we're like that good though um mm-hmm. i think we'll beat south carolina mm-hmm. i think we'll beat i think tennessee's after that yeah uh, Auburn, LSU. See, I, I'm worried about one of the two, but uh, LSU really doesn't look that good right now. Yeah. Um, Auburn, though, I'm kind of worried. Auburn, about. I'm a little worried about, but here's why I'll tell you that like, I'm not as worried as other people are, because that's the week after LSU. And the week we play LSU, Auburn like, plays Alabama. Yeah, that's true. And so like, if Auburn loses that game, which they most likely will, um, because I believe it's at Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I could is. be wrong, but if they lose that game, it's kind of like they're kind of demoralized. Like, you know, they they've already lost two games this year. If they lose another and then lose to Alabama, like they'll be five and four going into that last game. Like, you know, what are you gonna do? Like, right. and p- we'll potentially be eight and one. Knock on wood. Yeah. But uh, you know, if we go into that, we're gonna have like a full head of steam going into that game, and they might just be demoralized. So. Yeah. That could be really different. This could also, you know, 
very well uh, not turn out well. And when I listen to this after the season, <laughs> and we end up seven and three or something. Oh gosh, I, I don't know. know. Like you know, I'm just really shooting myself in the foot here. But <laughs> uh, I think we could, if we do go nine and one, a lot of people are like, oh, well, we have a backdoor into the playoff. I wouldn't go that far yet. I think you got to see how the other teams do. Too. You got to see how other teams do, but. Um, like I said, I think for the future, um, this does. If we do go like even eight and two or nine and one, um, does super well for recruits. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Jimbo's put in a culture where it's like, yeah, we're not going to drop these easy games. Yeah. And um, I think we could drop one this year just because like that's just how A and M is, <laughs> like for the past ten years. But uh, after this year, I think it's going to be looking up yeah. really good. And so yeah, am I? Selfishly hoping we go to the playoff in my last year, yes. But am I okay with where Aggie football is right now? Yes. Yeah. Like I, I think we're on the right path. And a lot of people used to doubt Jimbo Fisher, but I, I, I heard a stat the other day that was like, A and M under Jimbo Fisher, when they play someone that's outside the AP top ten, mm-hmm. they're nineteen and two. Yeah. Which means we've just played a ridiculous amount of top ten teams, <laughs> which you know is never going to bode well. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we're definitely on the right path, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a good time under Jim Fisher. So I'm excited. Oh, for sure, yeah. I know a lot of people were overreact. Well, I wouldn't say overreacting, but they were talking a lot about Jimbo Fisher after the Alabama game when we had barely scraped by Vandy yeah. and we got blown out by Bama, and they're like, "Are we sure Jimbo's a good investment?" And then he and just then we does win, well. The we next win against year. Florida, and they're like, "Ah, never." <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, I am very hopeful for next year, especially like we've had a lot of opt-outs yeah. this year, and we're still like the wide receiving core. Yeah, and like a lot of our best players are either like freshman, sophomore, and then like a few juniors. Yeah. Um, the only thing that might bite us is the o- all of the O-line is seniors almost. Yeah. But they have been playing super well this year. I know that's one of, been one of the bright spots. Um, yeah. But that might bite us, but we'll see, mm-hmm. you know. I'm really interested to see the quarterback, too. Like, yeah, I I think they're going to go... I don't know if they'll go with Calzada or Haynes King. I feel like King, maybe. I Yeah, King seems to be the savior, is what everyone says. But um, I know Calzada... I think Calzada was a four-star, too. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be a junior next year. Yeah. So, like, you know. Like, who knows at this point. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, Kellen, you know... You know, I, I've been one of the defenders of Kellen. Yeah. I don't think he's that terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see where people think that, but I just think it's a lot of other things that made him look bad um, in previous games. Especially last year. Especially last year. Um, I think our O-line wasn't up to par, and then like our running game last year wasn't as good because Spiller got injured. And like we had like the best the, the best SEC rusher the year before. Yeah, and yeah, Travion is always going to be a big loss. Yeah. And so like I don't really blame Kellen. And like people are like, oh, yeah, he just had the all-time yards record, but, like, Manziel did in two years. It's like, okay, yeah, nobody's Johnny Manziel. Like, that's just never going to happen again. No matter, like, who you think the next Johnny Manziel is, it's just never going to happen again. And so, like, I I appreciate Kellamon for who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he has a really good demeanor. I think he could be a great NFL quarterback, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not, like, you know, coming out of the gates, like, and just killing it like some of the quarterbacks are nowadays. But I think he would, could be a solid backup, and if you need him to be a starter, he could grow into one yeah. um, given the right system. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, so I, I give credit to Kellen Mond, and you know he obviously became the all-time yardage leader for AM, which is uh, going to be a huge achievement no matter who you are. So um, I've been a defender of Kellen Mond, <laughs> unlike some others. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have seen so much ups and up and down with the AM football program through your time here. Yeah, well, you I saw mean, the end of the Kevin Sumlin era. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, my freshman year, I think was the last time I really felt optimistic about an A&M season because I, that year we went, we were seven and one uh, and we had, we had lost to Alabama and it was somewhat of a close game and we had beat UCLA who was ranked that year. We beat Tennessee in double overtime that year and they were number nine and we were number eight at the time. Mm -hmm. So we were like flying high. Like we had some good wins and like, we hadn't dropped a game yet, which was nice, and we we dropped at one to Alabama, but like you know, Alabama was number one um, back then too. And uh, the first week of the college football playoff, we were ranked number four, wow. which means we would have been in the college football playoff if we won out. However, we ended up dropping the next game to Mississippi <laughs> State, and that's just like it just it spiraled from yeah. there. And like ever since then, I've learned what it means to be an A&M fan. That was my first taste of it, where I was like, oh, this is. This is not good. Uh -huh. um, but, yeah, uh, I think that was the most optimistic I ever felt up until we dropped that Mississippi State game. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, the other thing to point out there is they ranked us over an undefeated Washington at the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, we really felt like we were, you know, up and coming, like, yeah. oh, this is it. And, you know, then we, I think we finished unranked that year. Like, I, like <laughs> <laughs> definitely a turn for the worst, uh -huh. but, oh, well. Yeah. I remember I'd never been to an A&M game, and then I came in 2017. First game, watched online, it was the UCLA, UCLA game. game. Um, and I was like, oh, we are doing so well. <laughs> so well <laughs> to the point where they like they had already started playing the war hymn in the dorms. And they started coming back, and we are like, wait, really? <laughs> 41 to 10. And the final score was 45-44, and we lost. Bro. That... Yeah, that I that was that was someone's death sentence mm -hmm. in my opinion, because uh, I believe it was later that year, um, like December, that they hired Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, it was, and then Starkle was. I think he, he Starkle transferred. Yeah, yeah, I think. Or no, Stark no Starkle started my junior year, and then he got injured, and that's when Kellamon came in. Yeah. Right. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Junior or sophomore. Year. No, no, no. Sophomore year. You're right. Yeah. Sophomore year is when Starkle started, and then. Um, Kellamon came into that second half of the UCLA game, so he had a baptism of fire there. Um, but ever since then, like, you know, Kellen's been the starter, and that Starkle transferred after he uh, wasn't injured, and he ended up at Arkansas. And we all know how that ended up. You know? San Jose. Yeah. Go Spartans. Yeah, go Spartans, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think it's been a good time, and I, I'm hoping it ends – on a high note, like it started on a high note mm -hmm. for my uh, my college experience, at least. Yeah. Um, I got like like two fun, uh, three fun questions, and then we got like a serious question closing this out. Okay. Um, I want you to think about your what's in your closet right now. You have okay. one T-shirt that you have to wear at the start of every new week for a whole year. What shirt would that be, and why? Every new week. Huh. So. Just one shirt, huh? I, I think I definitely have a few, like, favorite shirts. Um, 
However, what I will say is I'm a big fan of dry fits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably... I would probably just wear the watermelon bass shirt I have. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a navy blue watermelon bass shirt. It's a nice color. Yeah, and like I said, I love dry fits. Um, plus, like you know, if I wear it enough, I'm sure enough people outside of College Station have no idea what watermelon bash <laughs> is. So they'll they'll probably ask me about it and um, a little promo right there. Yeah, and that's when I'll get to tell them about like Camp Kesem and some of the stuff I did in college. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably pick my watermelon bass shirt, um, just because of that. You know, always always good to advertise per <laughs> se. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is something? Let's just let's just say you're not like staying in Texas. You're like moving out. Yeah. yeah. What is something from your home in Katy, as well as something in your home like right here, yeah. that you would take with you if you were to move away from Texas? Oh man. Um, I think, I don't know if I have that much in Katy, but I, if I could take like a whole thing, um, I would, wherever I go, um, I know there's a few outside of Texas, but I would just take a Whataburger with me. (laughs) Um, you know, as you can see by my giant stack of Whataburger numbers behind (laughs) this computer, uh, I've been there enough and I think you, you know, I don't go there all the time, but when I do go there, it just like really always hits the spot it's and home. yeah it, it really is it just embodies texas yeah and you know as much as i moved around when i was a kid like texas is my home i've been here since i was like seven mm-hmm. so you know i i would definitely want to take a piece of texas with me and i think a lot of people will agree whataburger is definitely a huge part of texas yeah um from katie uh huh i don't know i think I think just like if I could take the f- mm, the familiarity of it, like mm-hmm. I I guess I just really liked the way I grew up, and I would just want to take a piece of like that with me. I know it's not a tangible object, mm-hmm. but I just don't think like you could ever re- like. And I'm sure most people feel this way. Wherever you first grow up and like spend most of your childhood, you're just never gonna replace that. Yeah. Um, and I know eventually, like, I'll be in a place where, like, it's familiar and I've lived there a long time and, um, that'll be, like, the new home, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but I just wish, like, I could, you know, wherever I ended up living, um, take the familiarity with it. Because, like, College Station's definitely that for me, too, now. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because, like, I've been more on my own rather than I was when I was growing up in Katy. Yeah. And, um, you know, being more on your own gets you to know the place a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And so, like, College Station has that familiarity. Yeah. So. Something about just knowing, like, every turn instinctively. Yeah. And, you know, if someone says, oh, I'm over here, I'm like, okay, I know exactly how to get yeah. there. You know? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I would take anything, like, tangible from Katie because there really isn't that much yeah. from Katie. <laughs> um, big booty mixes. Oh, man. Uh, what a revelation favorite favorite mix and then do you have like a favorite transition that comes up to your mind or just like a favorite part of a certain mix yeah i so i looked at this question and i was like dang i really have to find where this transition (laughs) um but i i don't know if i have a favorite mix but what i will say is like 10 11 13 15 17 and then 18 are all really good Mm -hmm. um 
I, I I couldn't really pick a favorite out of them. I, I listened to like those a lot. I don't I don't know why. 12, 14, 16 just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of good like parts in all those songs, but uh, basically anything past ten, like I will listen to. But it's just more of the odd numbers for some reason that <laughs> I listen to. Um, and then the transition, I thought I thought of two transitions initially, and they're not really transitions, um, but. Uh, there's like one in 17 and it's around like the 10 and a half minute mark Mm -hmm. where I think the background is UCLA. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it goes, there's like a blink 182 song in there, um, as like the vocals. Uh, and then it transitions into, uh, cracks by flux pavilion. Mm -hmm. It's like this super hard drop into it. And like, I, I don't know. Like, that one just always stuck out to me. Whenever I first heard it, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I was a big, like, EDM fan in high school. And Cracks by Flux Pavilion was, like, one of those songs that I just always listened to. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Blink-182 is one of my favorite bands. Um, yeah. So, it's it kind of all came together there. Uh, and then there's one other one where uh, it's in it's in number 10. And I think it's around the same minute mark. I think it's like somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes um, where it's just this like super hard drop. And it goes into, it goes into how low by ludicrous. <laughs> um, I don't remember the beat behind it, Yeah. Um, but it's also just one of those super hard drops. Like it, it kind of like switches really quick. Mm-hmm. So I think it like, that's like the common theme. Yeah. And then in 17, uh, the, the transition, like the like the interruption of whenever they have the like the sound bite, um, where it's like, damn boy, he thick <laughs> with, with the cat. Oh, that one made me laugh so hard that the first so time I heard it, and mm-hmm. that one just will always stick in my mind for yeah. that. The sound bites are really funny yeah. too, especially if you know them. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, just some of the sound bites. Like whenever I first listen to one, and I hear the sound bite, I'm like. My goodness like, <laughs> and i think that one's like the middle of 17 i think it's like like between 20 and 40 minutes like i i think it's really in the middle of it mm-hmm. i don't remember though yeah that's good yeah i i really liked 18 a lot yeah like, i listened to it all the time and i forgot what song was right before it but it was it's like 14 15 minutes in it goes like 21 pilots I'm at an all-time low, and there's, like, a huge, like, it's... it's oh, so I think I remember what you're talking about. It's crazy. I always crank up my volume. <laughs> I also really liked the beginning of 18, mm. whenever it goes from, is it Baba O'Reilly? Something like, like The that. beginning, like, yeah. you know, like, the piano riff, and then it goes into, like, Mr. Brightside, yeah. and then and UCLA, UCLA, and I was like, wow. I know. <laughs> like, that That was That's good. a good way to start yeah, it. Yeah, that was, that was a great way to start it. I, they always have good intros, like, from, like, 10 on. Yeah. But, yeah. Big booty mixes, everyone. I've talked about this before, but it's, oh yeah, you need to get into it. <laughs> How did was I the one that told you about it? I think I was listening to it one day, and you and then were, I was like, "Have you heard Big Booty Mix?" And you're like, "Oh, that's what I'm listening to." Yeah, I like, <laughs> and I think it just became a meme for mm-hmm. our house at that point. It's, it's great. Okay, so the final question is: Everyone asks, you know, what advice would you give to your younger self? But what is something you want to say to your future self? Oh man. Um, you can decide however long down the road you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh I think I would more just give a 
like a recollection to my future self. Cause like, there's a lot of things that I know I'm not going to remember, even though they were like, even if they were really good times, like in college and whatnot, like I'm just not going to remember them just because of how many memories I'll end up having Mm -hmm. um, in the grand scheme of my life. So I think what I would do is I would just try to sum up like these last few years of college Mm -hmm. and like high school um, for my future self that like would just remind me of all the things that I did and all the great people I met and all the great experiences I had. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's what I would want to give to my future self. Um, cause I know I would appreciate that <laughs> just being reminded of all those memories. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think, I think we can all attest that like whenever you're reminded of something like of a good time mm-hmm. back, like, you know, however long ago it was, it's always good to like reminisce on. So I would just try and like sum up all the experiences I've had and give that to my future self to kind of always look back on, mm-hmm. um, just to really reminisce about how good of times it was. Yeah. That's good. And there you have it. Um, wow, this was this was incredible. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TJ, thank you so much for yeah, joining man. me today. Pleasure being here. Thank you for traveling to my house down the street. Basically. Long trek. <laughs> but we will see you guys in our next one. Goodbye. Have a good one.